Welcome to the Witch With Books podcast. I'm Jason Mankey. I'm flying solo today. If you don't like my voice, I'm really sorry. I'll have a co-host soon the next time we do a show, and we have lots of shows coming up very, very shortly. Today we're talking all about Lunasa, or Lamas, sometimes pronounced Lunasad. It's one of the so-called Greater Sabbaths. The Greater Sabbaths are the original Sabbaths celebrated by the Celts of Ireland. The other Greater Sabbaths, of course, being Samhain, Imbolc, and Beltane. These are the cross-quarter days, the Sabbaths that fall in between equinoxes and solstices. So what is Lamas or Lunasa? For most people, it's a celebration of the first harvest. In the UK, there are places where the first harvest is starting. So there's a tradition there of the first harvest. It's often associated with bread. The holiday Lamas was probably an appropriation by the Anglo-Saxons of the Irish-Celtic Lunasa. And then it was sort of inherited by the people who converted to Christianity still use that name Lamas for the holiday, and it's a feast about bread. So it's a celebration of the grain harvest and the first new bread from that grain of the year. For many of us, though, it's also a celebration of high summer. It's very, very hot in early August. The days are still long. The kids are not yet in school. So yeah, it's a celebration of summer. How you want to see it, whether it's the start of fall or the height of summer, really depends on where you live and where things are, you know, in your neck of the woods. The Sabbaths should be built around where we live, not necessarily always uh, the customs of people 2,000 years ago or the geography of a place thousands of miles from your own home. So if you want to read about Lamas or Lunasa, where do you start? Well, that's a difficult question because this is not a sexy holiday. I know that I'm sure that for some of you out there, this is your favorite Sabbath. And if I'm badmouthing the Sabbath, they'll be like, hey, Jason, I love this holiday. Please don't say anything bad about it. But the truth of the matter is, it's not a sexy Sabbath like Yule or Samhain. There are lots of books out there just about Yule and Samhain and the holidays that are adjacent to them that have, you know, origins within paganism. Even Imbolc, because of its heavy emphasis on the goddess Bridget, has books just about that goddess, which are easy then to tie into Imbolc. Lamas, not so much. So it's a little bit more of a challenge to come up with things that are really relevant to this particular time of year. If you want to learn more about ancient Lamas, and they're really, you know, as I said, there's an ancient holiday called Lamas. The best place to start is Stations of the Sun by Ronald Hutton. This is a book that came out in the early 90s. Meg and I recommend it pretty much every Sabbath episode of Which With Books, the podcast, because it's just full of so much information. It's a really dense book. I find it readable, but it is written with a bit more of an academic slant than most of the things that we recommend on this show. But it tells you all about the things that people used to do uh, at Lamas, the first people to celebrate Lamas, and what the customs and traditions were at that particular time of year. We don't know a ton about Lamas and Lunasa, so the chapters in the book aren't particularly long. So you just sit down with them and you read them in about 20 minutes and you go, whoa, there's a lot of ideas in there 
for ways to celebrate and to do ritual, because there's a lot of folklore about that particular time of year, but not as much probably as we would like. If you want something a little easier with ideas for recipes and rituals and crafts, you couldn't, you cannot go wrong with Llewellyn's Sabbat Essentials series. They have a book for every Sabbat. They're tiny little books. They're twelve dollars. They're two hundred pages. But as I said, the book is really small. You can read it in about an hour or two. But the book Lunasa Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for Lamas has both holiday names covered, and it's got pretty much all the stuff that you might need in it to help plan a Sabbat celebration for Lamas. These are really great, little fun, easy books. If you want to spend less than $12, there's another option out there. And I think people often overlook this option, and that is Llewellyn's Sabbath's Almanac. The latest edition is the 2023 edition. It's for mostly next year. These almanacs run from Samhain to Maybon. But it really doesn't matter which particular edition of the Sabbath's Almanac that you pick up. They're really timeless. Each almanac is not tailored for a particular year necessarily. It's just full of lore, mythology, things adjacent to particular Sabbaths, also rituals, recipes, spells, pretty much everything in there. You can find the 2022 edition right now for probably three or four dollars. You could also probably find the 1999 edition for two dollars. If you want to online, they're all really great. I know that often when I'm stuck trying to find an idea for a coven ritual for Sabbath, I've got a collection of them going back a couple of years, you know, usually those lines. Another great resource, and this is one of my all-time favorite books. It's one of the earliest books I bought as a young baby witchling. It's called Ancient Ways by Pauline and Dan Campanelli. Pauline wrote the book, Dan did the illustrations for the book. I always really think about Ancient Ways a lot at Lamas because it's a book that I picked up in July. So it's very seasonally appropriate for me. The history in Ancient Ways, this book was written in the 90s, is not particularly good. There are things in it that we know today are wrong. But as a book full of inspiration, wow, there are few better books. You just read each uh, Sabbath chapter, and you're going to be struck with 15 to 20 different ideas for a Sabbath ritual. One of the things about this book that really resonates, particularly at Lamas, is Dan and Pauline lived on a farm, so they were pretty busy in August and July. And a lot of the activities that they suggest and a lot of the things they talk about relate directly to their life on their farm. And it just feels really, really appropriate, particularly at Lamas. Love that book so much. Uh, it's been continuously in print for almost 30 years, and it's worth reading. Again, it's one of those books that we probably recommend every Sabbath, but there's just so much in terms of ideas in that particular book. One of the things about the summer Sabbaths that I think is, a, you know, kind of different than the rest of the Sabbaths is they're a great time to do a ritual with children if you have kids. It's still the height of summer, school hasn't started yet, and the themes are often really, really appropriate for kids. I mean, I'm, maybe I wouldn't take my seven-year-old to a really deep, intense Samhain ritual about death, but 
I think a ritual about bread is pretty much got a universal appeal to it and can be made a lot of fun. So if you're looking to do a ritual with your kids or to lead something in your community where children are welcome, there are few better books than Circle Round, Raising Children in Goddess Traditions by Starhawk Diane Baker and Anne Hill. Like all the books that are really about all the different Sabbaths, there are rituals in this book. There are stories and lore in the book and, of course, recipes. But there are also games in the book, little activities that you can play with your kids or you can just play with adults. As an adult without kids, I freaking love this book. And I've often like browsed it when trying to come up with ritual ideas. It's a really, really great book. I want to share like one of my favorite things in this book. And it's a game like tag called Musk Oxen in Peril, which is a game everyone can play. And it features one person as a saber-toothed tiger. The rest are oxen who are safe as long as their butts are together in pairs or groups. And their horns, fingers held pointing out from the brow, are pointing out. The tiger counts to five, and each ox must find another ox or group of oxen to join. When the tiger catches an ox, the ox becomes a tiger. Now, there are two tigers. Soon there are more and more, until the entire group becomes tigers, and there are no more oxen left to eat. The tigers starve, and the game is over. I just love that last line. The tigers starve, and the game is over. That's just lots and lots of fun. So circle round, raising children in goddess traditions. You really can't go wrong. If you're looking for a more adult ritual, you know, one that perhaps doesn't really cater to kids, I'm always partial to the witch's wheel of the year, rituals for circles, solitaries, and covens. Solitary rituals are in that book. Coven rituals and large group rituals are in that book. I will admit that I did write the book, but I'm very proud of my rituals and think that they are some of the best in print. So there you go. When I think about llamas, I often think about food. Part of that is because it is the holiday often most associated with bread. So if you're looking for witchy books about food, where do you go? Well, I'm going to start you off with Pagan Feasts, Seasonal Food for the Eight Festivals by Anna Franklin and Sue Phillips. This book is filled with so many recipes. You may need need no more books for recipes. There are recipes for drinks, bread, main courses, sides, pretty much everything uh, that you can imagine. However, the problem with this book is that it's published through Capital Band Publishing, which went out of business several years ago. So it's a little difficult to track down. But if you are a witchy books lover, this is one I heartily recommend. Food is magical, and nobody expresses the magic of food better than Gwian Raven, the author of The Magic of Food, Rituals, Offerings, and Why We Eat Together. I think we overlook sometimes just how intimate it can be to share food with others, especially if it's food that we have cooked or that has been cooked for us. And one of the things I love about this book is how Gwian explains that. And he makes food this really amazing, awesome community experience. It's also full of recipes. It's full of lore about food. 
and just sort of why we enjoy eating together so much and why it is such a magical activity. This book came out a couple years ago. It's a Llewellyn book. It's easy to find and it's well worth your time. Guyan has cooked for me and he is an amazing cook. When I think about summer, I often think about sitting outside in my backyard, watching the sunset with a nice cocktail in my hand. If you like witchcraft and cocktails, there's no better book than Witchcraft Cocktails, 70 Seasonal Drinks Infused with Magic and Ritual by Julia Hattis. This book came out a couple years ago. It's a beautiful book, lots of full color illustrations. The recipes are clear and easy to follow. But more than that, one of the things about this book is that these seasonal drinks are really infused with magic. If you are looking to do magic and want to do it in a very different way than playing with herbs or lighting candles, you can do it by drinking a drink. And Julia really spells out how to do that and gives some awesome drink recipes. Uh, this is an amazing book. It was one of my favorite books of 2020, I do believe. So I want you to pick this up and I want you to enjoy a nice craft cocktail. And if you don't drink, there are also alternatives in the book and some recipes for some things that are only adjacent to alcohol. I don't want anybody thinking it's only about the booze. As I said at the beginning of the show, Lamas can be a tough, tough sabbat to find books about specifically. So this is one of my all-time favorite books, and it's sort of an adjacent Lamas book. Uh, this is Under the Witching Tree by Corrine Boyer. This is a book about trees. And if you think about trees in July and August, trees are really at the height of their power. The leaves are green. Everything is full. You really, really notice the trees. When the storm comes through or, or a heavy breeze, you can hear the rustle of the leaves in the trees. Oh, summer is the best time for trees. And this book celebrates trees. There's so much folklore and myth and magic associated with trees. And Boyer lays it all out beautifully in this book. Uh, when I want to be reminded of why my coven is called the Oak Court. I read her book about, and read the chapter about oaks. When I get excited in August for the coming of apples, because we're almost in apple season, just a few more weeks, I read this book and I read the chapter on apples because I love apples so very, very much. Everything about this book is great. Also, of course, there are some recipes and stuff in it too, uh, relating to the various trees that she writes about and the fruits that some of those trees produce. No matter how you celebrate or what you do, I hope you have a great Lamas or Lunasa. We'll be back soon with more episodes. This is Witch with Books. Have a great holiday.